Like, have I shown you my phone background already? What is it? Uh, you have, and I still think it looks like a handsome gay male couple. <laughs> um, it's Saoirse Ronan and her director, Greta Gerwig. Noted nice. Sondheim enthusiast. Noted Sondheim slash Timberlake enthusiast, mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig. And Dave Matthews enthusiast. National Board That's of right. Review, Best Director winner. Winner! Greta Gerwig. Not only did Greta Gerwig win Best Director at the National Board of Review, she directed Laurie Metcalf to a Best Supporting Actress yes. win at the NBR. <sighs> I am relieved that the National Board of Review announces so much earlier in the day now. I remember in 2006, so this is the Oscar year of The Departed, The Queen, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, and, that was a fun year. And classic Clint Eastwood late breaker, Letters from Iwo Jima, oh, yeah. which won the, the NBR that year. And I remember it was like eight o'clock at night or some shit in Ohio. And my parents were yelling up the stairs to me like, Daniel, we have to go. We have to go to this Christmas party or something. It's like, but the National Board of Review hasn't been announced yet. (laughs) And you didn't have Twitter available on your phone to follow along. How was I to know that Forrest Whitaker (laughs) was to win Best Actor for the last King of Scotland? I haven't seen that movie. So I don't know what I was about to, to tee up there. It's not great. It's okay. okay. It's got some representation. James issues. McAvoy. A, that's yeah. very true. James McAvoy is very cute in it. He though. is because that was him at his prime. Yeah, that's like, like the end of when a movie like that was acceptable. <laughs> oh, like the well, I don't know, dude. Marshall came out this year. That's true. I didn't see that. Although there's a big difference in terms of heroism between Idi Amin and Thurgood Marshall, mm-hmm. so. Even if you have a white avatar telling the story. Right. Yes. Well, I'm actually thinking Greta might get the Oscar nomination now. I was sort of just assuming that they wouldn't do it, but now... I hope so. I think it could happen. I, the National God, I hope Review. and I pray. I mean, I know they're, uh, <laughs> they're like their own... They don't They do not bearing, correspond always. But Ann Thompson said it really well. They get people to watch the movie. That's Ann Thompson's point is if you don't get the any if you if you don't get a nod from the National Board of Review, it's not a game killer. Right. But if you do get it, it could be a game changer. Right. You know? Like the disaster artist. People are gonna take that much more seriously now yes. yeah. at a one best screen club. Yeah, that's right. that's that's gonna have a bigger What's gonna be now? really great about the disaster artist coming out, and I'll I'd be happy to put myself on the record here, I haven't seen the room. Is that you are going to have so many people pretending like they've seen the room a hundred times? Oh, you guys haven't seen the room. I haven't seen the Not room. haven't seen it. I, I would recommend see try if you can see the room before. I'm gonna try because apparently he recreated like some 25 scenes from the room, and there are like iconic moments even from the trailer. I I've seen I like oh hi Mark yeah like I know that and, like from, hello doggy uh, yeah like, I've, all that stuff I've watched that on I know YouTube. You I don't know why it. I've watched it on YouTube. Like I don't, I don't ever remember YouTubing scenes from the room. But uh-huh. I guess I've been in a room where folks wanted to watch scenes from the room. Yeah, like, and I remember in college it was like the room <clears throat> and Birdemic like go hand in hand. It's like what Birdemic? Do you know it's the movie? original Sharknado? Yeah, it's this. It's so bad. They're I've like both notoriously the worst movies ever. But um, Birdemic's actually unwatchable. Um, the room is watchable. It's just laughable. But I just remember in college, like, all my straight friends were like, oh, dude, you gotta watch The Room. It's like a very bro-y movie. Yeah. Makes sense that James Franco is doing it. I don't know if James Franco is such a bro. I mean, I'm not going to... He's a bro with queer sensibilities. I'm I'm actually not going to stand up for his queer cred. I'm not saying that it is a costume. I think that in his heart, he feels he has much in common with the queer community. Yeah. But 
He's not gay. Uh, <laughs> he's a white man in Hollywood. He is. If you don't suck cock. You're not gay. <laughs> it's a pretty simple limit test. Yeah. I think he's pretty broy. He seems straight bro to me. No, here's what he is. He's like the artistic guy in the jock he's, pack. He's a Kyle. Who's Kyle? Oh, he is a Kyle. Oh, Lady Kyle. I, that's so funny. Shalane. I was going to try and pivot from this to Timothée Chalamet yeah. by saying it's a shame that James Franco probably has a better shot at winning Best Actor than the actual Best Leading Male Performance of the Year, Timothée Chalamet yeah. in Colmay by Yay Nay. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about Timothée being um, a sidelined to Breakthrough Actor? That's fine. Yeah. Is that good for him or bad for him? Convention A. Wallace... Him because he's still named. Yeah, and yeah. Convention A. Wallace still got the Oscar nomination and she yeah. was winning and she all was always awards. breakthrough. Okay, good, great. I'm just... I hope it doesn't sideline him too far. Clearly, the NBR loved the post. Right. Giving it to Tom... I mean, we haven't seen the movie. For all we know, Tom Hanks really is a powerhouse, undeniable performance. Right. But that feels like a... A stretch. A hat tip. Not in a bad yeah. way. But for some reason, and I mean this sincerely... Tom Hanks does, he, he's a bit of an underdog when it comes to awards attention. Mm-hmm. He actually does need push by a group like this to he factor into the assets. He hasn't been nominated in he 16 got, years. Because his one was supposed to be Captain Phillips and he got snubbed. Right? Well, he, remember, he was supposed to get those double knots. Yeah, and saving, saving Mr. Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. supporting Captain Phillips for best And what did he get, neither? None. Neither. Oof. Castaway yeah. is his last nomination. So this is and his, Bridge this of is Spies. His People thought he was in the convo for Bridge of Spies. Right. Can I do something radical here? Can I just turn this into the intro? If you want. I don't have to. I just feel like, I feel like everything, this is all fine to, this is fine to publish. Yeah. But we can't go from an intro into eight minutes about why Tom Hanks deserves Oscar (laughs) attention on the Call Me By Your Name episode. That's fair. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about Call Me By Your Name. So just a delayed, oh wait, so is this going to be an introduction? Yeah. Introduce ourselves and... Hello, welcome everyone. This is <laughs> Movies IMO. We are your fave film fags. This is the Call Me By Your Name episode. I'm Brandon Kirby. Get it? <laughs> ha, ha. Oh, I'm wow. Daniel Crook. No, 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 no. You have to be Ben. Oh, I do? Because otherwise then I'll, I go like left out. <laughs> oh, oops. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm alone. I am Ben Call Envy. Call Me By Any Name. Because <laughs> I'm lonely. <laughs> Okay, I'm Ben Enfy. I'm Daniel Crook with three O's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not in my name. In my, this isn't call me by your handle. True. Anyway. If it was, I'm Todd Haynes. Mm. <laughs> no, you are real Todd Haynes. <laughs> Correct. We are here today to talk about the new film by Luca Guadagnino. The film is called Call Me By Your Name. What is there to say about this movie at this point? I mean, we have a lot to talk about, but in terms of plot synopsis, it feels so uh, repet or not repetitive. Feel My like- mom probably doesn't know what it is. So, oh, you know, moms are listening. Moms okay, are so, listening. So, <laughs> get out. Yeah, this is for moms only. If you are not a mom, please press the forward fifteen second button a few times. <laughs> Call me by your name. Takes place somewhere in northern Italy in the summer of nineteen eighty three. Our protagonist is a 17-year-old boy named, young adult, named Elio. Uh, He lives, or he and his family um, are at their vacation home where they go every year. Uh, His dad is a professor (laughs) 
Um, Michael Stolberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Stolberger. Yes. And Elio's uh, lazy summer is interrupted by the arrival of visiting graduating stu- visiting graduate student Oliver, who has come to work for his father. And he becomes obsessed with him. He desires him. And eventually this turns into a little bit of a summer romance. Uh, that's all I'm going to say, I think. That's the plot. That's the plot. There's a lot of stretching. There's a lot of swimming. There's a lot of... There's, There's a lot of flies. There's a lot of bathing suits. A lot of flesh. Yeah. A lot of pacing People around a large quite house. and more or less nude. Right. You're in your trunks or your high tops, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, God, where to begin with this movie? Okay, here's where I'm going to begin. I want Elio's talking head shirt so badly. I know. I am going to die. And it is. Am I going to speak or am I going to die? And I'm going to speak. I want the talking head shirt. Is that so wrong? No, no, it's a great shirt, and I feel like everyone takes note of it. I took note of it. It's such a great reveal because when he first wears the shirt, or the shirt, uh, he's doing that great thing where you take the front of a t-shirt and you tuck it behind your neck. Yeah. Like, mm. like you're a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's just lounging. He's just he's chilling. Just lounging. He was sleeping. And, and, then, and then Oliver he... woke him up. It's so cute. It's so cute. Anyway, <laughs> and then he reveals him the talking head shirt. Yes. Let's start there. Let's start with the music. Uh, this film? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I did not realize in my ignorance that it is not a score. Those are just classical songs played throughout mm. the film. I didn't know that either. Some reveries, if you will. So, yeah, I, is is there actually not... So it's ineligible for score, basically, because those I, are just I'm classical. sure there's I not don't know. enough, and I'm sure it'll fall under the arrival thing where it's not distinguishable enough <laughs> right. from pieces of existing music. Right. Well... They won't let it be eligible. Yeah. I think the rival score definitely should have been nominated. Right. There's like that one piece there. of music that they use in Arrival. What was wrong with the There Will Be Blood screenplay? The Johnny Greenwood where was the, it? The score? Movie? It's yeah. because I think that the Greenwood riffs or whatever. Were taken from something else. I guess he'd used them in, I don't know if he used it in Radiohead um, or he used it in so another published piece of work. considered original. Too much pre-existing work. I mean, the score yeah. category of the Oscars is notoriously the most dubious when it comes to what is eligible and yeah. what is not. Um, but yeah, the score the score does a lot in this movie, and it actually plays a large part in one of my favorite scenes. Shall I tell you what it is? Go for it. Shall you may? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's when Elio, Oliver's gone for the day, and Elio is just like pacing around. And Where's the, Oliver? The house is dead quiet. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Oliver? Have you seen Oliver? And, and, and he's pacing around this big house, and that shutter is just banging, banging, banging. And then the minute, the second, he hears Oliver's voice. I'm getting chills just saying this because it's so good. He hears his voice. The score is just like mm-hmm. whoosh, and it's in, and Oliver's here. Oh, my God. It happens almost oh. every time Oliver is entering his universe. Yes. And yeah. it reminds me It reminds me of Brokeback Mountain, and it also reminds me of a musical trick that we learned about in a Hong Kong cinema class I took in college, which is this idea of a repeated musical refrain Mm -hmm. and how it gets so embedded in your subconscious that every time it's played, you are subconsciously conjuring back those earlier memories, which is exactly what Elio is doing every single time he sees Oliver or hears him or thinks of him. And so that same, like, like, your heart starts racing. And that, I mean, that's, 
this is why music is in the movies for things yeah. like this to put yeah. you in the character's head and make you feel things. It is amazing. Yeah. It's so impressive. And Ben, I know that you wanted to say something about the music, right? Yeah, it's on this note that uh, my my favorite example of that is Elio goes to visit or he goes to find Oliver in the town mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's this wide shot and Oliver walks towards Elio and Elio is like in the middle of the square still and the mu- the score starts when Oliver exits the store and the score stops when Oliver gets to Elio. And I was just like, the moment. Yeah, like the exact moment. And it's like really sharp and it is... Which flips what we're yeah. used to at that point mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And it's... Uh, and that's... I believe that's leading into the conversation... It is. That... Uh, he wants to get fucked hard at, yeah. by the fountain. Which is which is a Lana Del Rey lyric. I know. <laughs> Just confirming. Um, so let's talk about that scene. I want to talk about that scene. That scene is, well, it's one long shot, mm-hmm. which is, you know. I, I actually think it's important to talk about what precedes the scene for yeah. context here. Yeah. Or what precedes the scene before the scene. Okay. When he, it's raining outside and he's, huddled up indoors with his mom and his dad, mm-hmm. and she is reading mm-hmm. uh, a French... It's a French fairy tale in German. Yeah, and she's translating. Love the bilingual nature of the film. It's so bilingual. It's wonderful. It's bi in a lot of ways, right? <laughs> yes. And basically, the story is about a young knight who falls in love with a princess, but because of their friendship, or, or in spite of their friendship, or perhaps because of it, he has fallen in love with her, and the question is posed, or he says to her to declare his love, is it better to speak or to die? And then Elio says that he'll never be brave enough to say something like that to someone who'll never have the courage. Mm-hmm. And his parents are like, well, you'd be fine. <laughs> and then the next scene is that talking head shirt mm-hmm. behind the neck. Right. They're lounging by some body of water mm-hmm. and they decide to go into town together. And then they go into town together. And then I'm just, I think that's important context. Yeah. No, totally. So now we're at this incredible long shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he he chooses to speak. Yes. Instead of dying. Mm-hmm. And and even when he reveals his feelings, he says it in such a... It's still extremely coded. Yeah. By speaking, he says, I don't know how to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Because Oliver is talking about, is there anything you don't know? He's like, Oliver, there's so much I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elio. You know more than everybody here. Oliver, I don't know any of the, you know, I don't know anything about what really matters. I don't yeah. know any of the important things. What do you mean by that? You know what I mean by that. Yeah. And it's the first time. I love the simplicity of all of the dialogue in the movie. Yeah. It hits I like, the I, I like, It hits I, so hard. I, I like when um, Elio says, I wanted you to know. Oh, yeah, and then Oliver moves you, on, yeah. and Elio just repeats it to himself. I wanted, I wanted you, you to know. I wanted you to. And know. it's like at this perfect yeah. point in the shot where like Oliver is hidden behind yeah. the thing in the middle of the fountain. Mm-hmm. Let's describe the shot itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't even know. Can yeah, basically, <laughs> there's a little bit more maneuvering of the camera than this, but it is a pan from left to right in the middle of a town square and, and tracking. I'm, that, I'm sorry, I don't mean pan. It is a left to right oh. tracking shot. Yeah, thank you. I went to film school, uh, <laughs> but I can't remember tracking shots. In this town square, in the middle of it, is this World War I monument. And so what we're describing here, after Elio says that he wanted Oliver to know, 
and then Oliver disappears. He's behind this statue, and then Elio's all alone, and, and then, then Oliver goes into the printing shop or whatever, and then all of a sudden, in the same unbroken shot, it's a close-up of Elio's face. He's blowing smoke into the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just talking about the shot. It's, it's a pretty shot. It's an impressive piece of camera yeah. work, right? Ben, I think you said this. It's a real dance between the two characters. Mm -hmm. Like, you can talk... You can talk this movie to death about just form mm -hmm. without even getting it like you. I think and that's what we're going to try and do here today. <laughs> because that's the most special thing about the movie is the way yeah. that the form shapes what it's about yeah. and how you feel. And it's not going to win either of the sound awards at the Oscars because it does not have the most sound. It needs to have the most. Do we want to start with the, the backpacks, the egg cracks, uh, the book that Elio throws onto the floor? Oh where God. do we want to talk about? Yeah. Where, do we want to, where do we want to start with the I know sound, where right? I want to start with the sound. Yeah. The egg? The egg. Talk Go about the it. egg. In the first breakfast scene, um, we all we have at this point is that there's tension. Elio feels Tension. What I love is that he doesn't know what he's feeling for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. At least. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. doesn't get it. And then, so they're at the first breakfast. Oliver and the professor are talking about something or other. And Army is trying to do his egg. No, he's not yet. But Elio is tapping his egg. Mm -hmm. And it starts very quietly. And it gets louder and louder and louder. So you, as the viewer, are drawn to what is the sound. And you watch Elio, who's quietly eyeing all of Exactly, her. yes. And you weren't looking at him before because he wasn't talking. And more than that, mm -hmm. Oliver is the immediate, or the initial focal point of the scene because mm -hmm. he's entering onto the patio in a medium shot, then we back up and he sits down at the table and it's wider. But Oliver, like you say, is talking to the professor, that's where the movie's happening. Mm -hmm. And then with that amplified sound of Elio cracking his soft-boiled egg, mm -hmm. our eyes go back to Elio, which establishes a connection between the two. And yeah. then we see that he's eyeing Oliver. Yeah. But we're, we've already drawn the bond in the, in the cinematic language yeah. mm -hmm. because of the sound and the way that the shot starts. Yeah. Um, I think this movie is virtuosic it in is. command of cinematic it, language. It uh -huh. is. It is. It's a masterpiece. I mean, it's, it's... Someone asked me, what was your favorite scene? And I started neat, like describing different scenes, and I was just describing the whole movie. Right. Every single scene, every composition, every use of sound, every use of score, every everything is. I like when Elio puts a, a panty on his head. Oh. Puts a what? Well, I was quoting Raising Arizona, but when he puts uh, the swim trunks on his oh my god, he head. just puts the swim trunks and, and assumes the position yeah. again. A lot of good stretching Let's, on this. Phone. Are we ready to talk about how fucking sexy this movie is? Uh, yeah. Um, Not yet. No, me, no, 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 no. I want to tie it into the way that the film positions Oliver as the object of desire. Because mm -hmm. that is the main tension of... Well, it is the main tension of the film in Elio's eyes. I would say probably the main tension of the film is more on Elio's face and seeing yeah. how he chooses to embrace or reject the feelings that when he Oliver is having for the first time. coming to dinner at that one point. And he and looks yeah. like he is about to shot. flip the band table. <laughs> and it's and then, so quick. And then she just like clears the she clears the plate and pulls the chair. Oh, and, How dare and you. his eyes well with tears, and he looks so angry. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> let's let's start let's I mean, start there. It's the performance of the year. It is the performance of the year. Hands fucking down. It's no per yeah. There is a simmering fire behind those <laughs> eyes, <laughs> and a waterfall of tears mm -hmm. at all times. Have, have either of you seen um, this little indie movie called Miss Stevens? 
No. Oh, no, but he is in that, right? So he is in that. And I saw that before Timothy was Timothy. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. And he was just Timothy. He was just Timothy. And even in that, even in that, I knew. And then I knew he was cast in yes. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Did and you I watch was like, Homeland? I was gonna say, I I can't relate is because I watched Homeland? Homeland and I had no idea that that was him. Oh, I did. Like, interesting. Is he? He's, was, he's, uh, he's like the president's son, and he dates oh, Dana. Never okay. mind. Season two. Uh huh. Oh, then I have seen it. And he like hits and runs somewhere. So you, <laughs> oh my god, that's him. Yes, and I yes, was like, he had this that, kid is a mm, fucking star. That rebellious like five years goes back. Ago. That was like twenty. Back when Homeland was good. That was a lifetime ago. Yes. So he was what? Twelve. Well, like, he's, he's 21. Like, yeah, so he was like 16, 17 uh, yeah. at the time. Yeah. He was a baby still. And it was just like, yeah, this he, kid is going to be a big fucking deal. He's a fucking talent. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It is the performance of the The performance is hella tight. I think we can put that on the record. <laughs> Barry he Baller. should win. He should win <laughs> every Academy Award. I, he should be nominated Supporting for two. and lead. Yes. So, especially when I watched it the second time. I found myself thinking, where was this scene that I remembered in my head that explicitly established um, Elio's attraction for Oliver? Mm. Where was this scene where Elio is struggling with himself that I remember so explicitly? Like, I had externalized all that action in my head after the fact. Watching it a second time, you realize how fucking good Chalamet's performance is because all of the drama and those scenes in my head are just on his face in yeah. close-up. Yeah. yeah. In scenes where he is just in a room by himself. Yeah. Or sitting at the dinner table when Oliver doesn't show up. It is staggering yeah. the amount of emotions he is able to convey and the amount of drama he's able to conjure up in a scene without really doing much. My favorite moment of that is him watching Army Oliver on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. And he's just watching him with the girl and he's... So much is happening in, in his face, like you said... And then when he leans forward, and he's like angry and jealous, and And it's like, and it's like he's just now starting to realize what he's jealous about, right? What he's angry about. He's not jealous of him. No, (laughs) that's for damn sure. Um, something that like I think about when I watch movies that is just like how I engage with movies is the connections I make to other movies. Um, and this was like. All of my synapses are firing with every director in the history of filmmaking. Right. Except <laughs> to the tune of the psychedelic press. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, this is Spielberg. This ben, is... ben is dancing Coppola. like Oliver right now as he lists his influences. A fist pump for Spielberg, a fist pump for Bresson. Yes, and it's the passion of John A little tappity tap for it's, Alain René. The whole thing is on his face. It's just amazing. And the whole thing is done on a 35 millimeter lens. Yeah. He didn't change lenses. Oh, there's... Yeah. There is... <gasps> there is depth. There is texture. There's a lot. And one of my oh, other favorite uh, I want to keep talking about the dance scene. Okay. Just real quick. I think it's Fine. a good example of Fine, how bitch. well... We so much to say. How well staged and how well <laughs> cut this movie is. Because we are, we, are, we are just cutting between Oliver on the dance floor and Elio in the chair watching him. And uh-huh. then I think it's very well staged. And, and that it's, we're able to build this whole... Um, not just tension between the two, but everything Ben just said about he's feeling all these things. But then when he joins him on the dance floor, there is no, there is no like shot reverse shot of Elio getting up from the chair no. and then going he up. He just swoops he just into frame. swoops in from the middle of the frame. And it's so and well it's composed. Totally. With the music yes. as well. It is the perfect point of the song for him to be entering. The only time... It's- 
that I was taken out of this movie apart from my regular just like having anxiety. So I'm in a movie theater for two and a half hours. <laughs> I'm eventually going to start thinking about death and all sorts sure. of things. Great. But because the psychedelic furs are used twice in this movie, yeah. it made me think about how they played a show with the B-52s at the Hollywood Bowl a couple of years ago, and I was out of town. Oh. That's all. That's all. Anyway. Um, yeah, so he, he does that little dance move on the dance floor, but I also like the little... Later, there's two moments where he does these like slides. Yes. Oh, yes. He does a few, he does a couple twirls, a couple slides. He slides into the room. Oh, and then he does his twirl when, when Oliver leaves him the note, like, calm uh, down. Yeah. At midnight. And when oh, he puts on his shirt for Sonny and Cher. Oh. By the way, great shirt. Mm-hmm. Why would you be ashamed yeah, of that why shirt? Why is he so Because it's too big. It fits oh, him well. <laughs> I know what I want to say. You're, you brought up the word texture. So, I mean, um, Luca, he, he always has texture in his films, but. Especially pretty ripe. This, pretty ripe. Um, but especially in this movie, the the the, the, the dampness of it, the sweat, the yeah. summer, the the water, the the kind of swampiness where they're swimming, yes. reminded me of Lucretia Martel's La Cienega. Oh. Me which too. I, which I, just I thought, thought about that today when I was watching it again. Yeah. I, yeah, when they're sitting by the pool and you yeah. can just feel the palpable heat, yes. like the sun just burning down on yeah, their face. Yeah, yeah. So that reminds me of the first, specifically like the first scene in yeah. La Siena. Yeah, just you feel, just through the filmmaking, you feel that oppressive heat yeah. and like wet. The difference is and that that's why they're in their bathing in, suits in all Las, the time. In La Siena, these people are rotting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it, yeah. And they are ripening yeah. and call me by your <laughs> yes. name. That is very much the difference. They're not, yeah. Back to the slide, I think it's really important to note. <laughs> it is electric. <laughs> that he does the slide for the first time when Sonny and Cher arrive, and they're a gay couple, and yes. he does this effeminate move yep. for the first them. time. By the way, I would like our listeners to comment on iTunes, do you like us because we're gay or ridiculous? <laughs> Please <laughs> oh specify. My God. That both times for me, that got the biggest laugh. There are a lot of laughs in this movie. Like when the girls show up and Mm -hmm. the guys are being like hella gay or like Mm -hmm. leaving. You know, like when Oliver leaves on the bus and the girl like rides up and she's like, oh. (laughs) Big laugh. (laughs) And then Elio's mom is like, why don't you guys come for dinner? Yeah, and the other girl too. Yeah. Yeah. You both come for dinner. Who is great? Esther Garel. Yeah. She's great. Mm -hmm. Marzia is her name, I believe. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I love their scenes. She had a few of them. She had a few. Back to the boys. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I love, is it Mafalda? Love Maf- Mafalda. Yes. Love I like, Mafalda. I like. Like when she rings that bell. I <laughs> like when Elio gets the nosebleed, she's like, there's ice in the thing. It's like chicken. And then he leaves it open and we hold. And then she comes to shut it. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, it's a great moment. I agree. <laughs> um, a lot of humor. When Oliver first entered <laughs> the class, um, the professor takes Oliver upstairs. No, well, Elio takes him upstairs and says, my room is now in your room, yes. which is foreshadowing. Um, and the camera stays on the floor and just watches them go up. And it is this... The entire movie is shot from below eyeline. Not entirely, literally, but the overwhelming majority is shot from below the eyeline. And it gives it this mythic quality of these are giants and they are falling in love. They're gods. And it's really incredible. And it does it to both of them. It's not just Oliver. It's all of them. I agree. And I think it ties back to the archaeology and these sculptures. That's what I mean. These Adonises. Yeah. Yeah. Both impossibly curved bodies. By by embedding <laughs> this story into Greek mythology and uh, 
art from antiquity mm-hmm. and foregrounding this story in the natural world. I think this is not the best thing about the movie, but Guadagnino is doing something really cool where he is validating a gay love story, not just by treating these characters as real people with real feelings and real love, but embedding them into a tradition, yeah, mm-hmm. into an artistic tradition and into a natural tradition that is just like humans living on earth. Yeah. Like the Garden of Eden, like take take whatever direction you want to. Yeah. But I can't think of any paintings, any impressionistic paintings of like two guys kissing in a field of grass. Sure. But I can think of plenty of examples of hetero couples in love in natural settings in art. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen Maurice. And nude women in paintings. Yeah. Not necessarily kissing, but nude women together mm-hmm. in ways that you don't see men. In Correct. Life. Yes. Did this film make you two think about the first time you felt that type of lust and love? Yeah. And, and like <laughs> you were so in love with this person that when the thought of being apart from them for any period of time makes you physically ill. Yes. That is it why... It brought me so viscerally back to that that I thought I was going to die. Because of that <laughs> feeling, there are certain shots in this movie that are not overtly emotional, are not really trying to pull your heartstrings, but because they reminded me so much of my own experience that I just burst into tears. Yeah. It is... Yeah. I, I definitely felt it. You felt that. Did yeah. you, Ben? I did. Yeah. I just like don't want to talk about it. And I don't. I don't want to see. So no, and, and, and that's, that's all I'm gonna say. And that's because... a very, very interesting thing about this movie. This uh, very tiny thing I'll say is that everyone's so exuberant to share how yeah. this movie makes you feel. But for me, I don't like sharing it because I it never want so... to talk to anybody about the way that this movie specifically makes me feel. Because <laughs> it, yeah, it fucks it, me up. It fucks me up too and it's the last it's more than that it's more than that it's the idea that elio and oliver have this connection and at the end of the movie mr perlman tells elio what you had was rare and special and does not come along very often you are lucky to have that treasure it treasure it and the worst possible thing i could imagine you could do as a viewer of this movie who has had that experience is tell everybody why your rare special thing was the best <laughs> instead of just thinking about how this movie reminded you yeah. in your heart of the swooning validation that that love may have given you yeah so are we going to talk about let's talk about that that's scene. all that's all i'm going to say well yeah but let's talk before about before we get to that scene can okay. we just talk about the pacing in general i love the how pacing how great it is Yes. I love the pacing. Um, I would just faint. Every scene faints into the next. Yes. Um, yes. I tweeted about this, but uh, I feel like every scene either feels too short or too long. And not I do not mean that as a negative, but there's no scene that I feel is the natural length of it. And I think it has to do with Elio's memories. I was about this. to say, it let's always, tie it back to Lady Bird. It always comes it's back to memories. memory poems. To I me. completely agree. Isn't that funny how in your own memory, when you think back on whatever experience you might have had, there are certain isolated moments that are just a gesture, mm-hmm. and then others, you remember the entire conversation yes. and every physical beat leading Correct. up to whatever. Mm-hmm. And yes, I completely agree with you that it is cut as a memory poem, and it reminded me of Lady Bird, the scene when she gets her cast taken off last five yeah. seconds, yeah. the scene with Danny outside the coffee shop, which confirmed is in South Pasadena. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Goes on um, forever in such yeah. a messy, emotional way that mm. speaks to its true-to-lifeness. Yeah, the use of memory. Yeah, I thought of Lady Bird as well. Like, the two best films of the year. I can't remember. There was one where the the shot cut a lot fat. It might be the... I think it was the, 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 the when Mafalda takes the plate from Oliver's seat. And <clears throat> Elio's reaction shot. I wanted more, mm-hmm. and I wanted so much more. And it just <laughs> cut. And it just cut. Yeah. And then we are at the train station saying goodbye to Oliver, mm. and Elio watches the train go, and it goes forever. Yep. The train just keeps going. I just wept for that so scene. long. <laughs> it feels like my entire world is leaving. It makes yeah. the moment where he yeah. sees Oliver leaving feel that much more ephemeral, right? Mm. Because that, their goodbye is so short. Yeah. And then the watching him leave is, like you said, an eternity. I had to remind myself that they couldn't have just, like, kissed goodbye in 1983. Right. I do like that the movie... And when the conductor just closes the door on Oliver... Yeah, it's a, a, you know, (sighs) bucket of ice water thrown in your face. Sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, just... Whatever, it doesn't matter. But I agree. <laughs> Nothing I say matters. <laughs> but I agree that because the train leaving the station is so interminable, it just really puts you into Elio's frame of mind mm-hmm. for this excruciating goodbye that doesn't just last. Like, it's not like he leaves this scene. It's not like he swivels off and leaves the train station and then he doesn't think about Oliver anymore. The reason why we stay with him when the train leaves so much is because this is just a preamble to the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, excluding the epilogue of the film. Right. But being without him. And actually, now there's an observation I made the second time I watched it that I wanted to make sure I shared because I was curious to get your guys' opinions on it. But there's the scene where the guy who works at the house approaches Elio with the fish that he has caught out of the river. Mm -hmm. And we cut to a close-up of the fish gasping for water and not getting it and it made me think about how we use the metaphor fish out of water and how we use it to mean a stranger in a strange place a stranger in a place that is not their home right but if you were to take a fish out of water they would die because they wouldn't have the life force that allows them to keep going right when elio is looking at that fish out of water he doesn't know it but that will be him by the end of the film oliver is the substance that has been giving his life meaning yeah. His whole life has been about him. That's the world he lives in, is Oliver. And he ends up being the fish mm-hmm. by the end. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm reading too much into that. No, because why else would we cut to the close-up? I think that's no, a really good no, observation. I, yeah, I think that's a good read. Thanks, guys. All right, that's it. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. All right, see you later. I'm going to pull a Costanza. <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, no, get out. Going, going back just to the train station, um, when he calls his mom to pick him up and... Um, He's just crying. Oh, he's he's he calls it, his that that shot. Um, gets his mom on the horn. And in that moment, <laughs> he gets the mom on the he horn. He gets mom for a moment on the horn. Um, <laughs> in that moment, we think, okay, the mom knows what's going on. But then, with the speech of Michael Solberg, uh-huh. you, you I find know. It, it's, it's so interesting. I think that does mom know? And he says no, and he's the one who knew. And it he says, of, "I don't think so." He says, "I don't think so." But I think the mom knew. She definitely. I think that she noticed it first. I mean, and I don't know, but I just don't think the parents talked about it. So maybe they <sighs> knew in their own little bubbles, and when, they didn't. Converse when we on. have yeah. the shot of them sitting on beach chairs, and Mister Pullman says Oliver has to go through this other city for a couple days 
to do some research before he goes home. And then Mrs. Perlman says, well, maybe Elio should go with him. And it, it would be nice for them to spend a That's, few more days together. Yeah. And I don't know. She's got to know. I that. don't know. I don't know if it's the first time they've talked about it. We know at the end of the film, when they get on the horn with Oliver, they mm -hmm, right. to, to say, congrats on your marriage. Mm -hmm. As soon as they hang up and are like, we'll just let you talk to Elio, the way that they look at each other, at this Dang. point, they've discussed it. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know at what point they confided right. in each other. About I interpreted it. that line in Michael Stahlbarg's monologue, which Ben has the best line about this, which is like, I do. Which is like, uh, you, te you texted in the group chat, and it was basically that, oh, that for, is for, for a moment that has spoken, been spoken about so much, it still has not been spoken about enough. I yeah. wept. I did too. I was sure. Yeah. I know, I've read the book. I know everyone says this is the most incredible acting that you'll ever see. <laughs> that you will me. be weeping. <laughs> and I still was like, holy shit. It is the most powerful thing. When it cuts from the white shot to his clothes. Yes. You were like, that's when you die. That's, that's when you die. That's when you die. And you were like, you've been waiting for that release of that cut for and it's, so long. It's not even halfway away. No. <laughs> Um, and then what? I, I never heard. Then we cut to Elio too. <laughs> yes, um, that is he win? He has to He's getting nominated. I think Call Me by Your Name could win Best Picture. I think, so. I think the Post wins Best Picture. But we're not but talking I, I about this movie the as the contender for Call Me by Your Name. Those are the three. I think so. Uh, um, but is Stolbar gonna get win? Out. Yeah, get out. Get out did well today in MBRs, and it is. It's very popular. Guys, but, keep talking about Stolberg Vamp. Willem Dafoe is probably his... Uh, uh, and Sam Rockwell. So there's there's a three-way race there. Uh, well, but I do think Stolberg is undeniable. Someone brought up an interesting point about Stolberg's um, monologue where he says, I could have had that with Oliver... Does he like vaguely say like... I think he just means... Do you, are you guys trying to figure out if he's gay? Huh? I think he just means passionate romance. I do too. With a, another. With human. another. Human. I think he's just saying I have never felt a, a, even any with human your mother. Being, even with your mother, yeah. I have never felt what you. That's feel. how I read that as well. But some people were saying like, did he come out to Ella? No, he did it in, in a subtle that. way. I think it was just. Damn it, guys! I can't find the quotes. No one feels. I've, I've been trying to look up the quote specifically what he says about how, you know, you you basically run out of. Love to give by the right. time you're 30. Oh, I was and like, dead if there was like point. you give away pieces of yourself. That's what you get, and yeah, until you've become so hard. Or yeah, and and then it's the idea that, you know, to try and feel nothing so as not to feel anything. Yes. What a waste. Yes. And I think I can certainly relate to that. Yeah, I think everyone can. And we're all nearing 30, so <laughs> I'm the closest. Time to get like a collagen injection of empathy and love. Straight into my heart. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to find it too. I also, I I did, but no. this is a tangent that I've been trying to bring up and then the conversation turned, so I'm just going to add it as a non sequitur right now. Uh -huh. Please. Um, a lot of the conversations are done in a shot reverse shot, except it's the other person's dialogue while we're on the other person's Yeah, we're face. calling them by their name. So it's it's as if it's a silent movie. Yeah. And you are just watching the reaction shots and the dialogue is off screen. And, and it's also and as magic. if they're the same person. <laughs> yes. Like their souls have intertwined in yeah. that way. It's magical. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's truly magical. I agree. There's still so much to talk about. Well, I'm let's... trying to figure out where we should go Well, here. I think um, a good place to go... Where should we bike down next? Which I... swimming holes should we jump into? Well, I think we should jump right into the peach scene. I want to talk about the English patient. Okay, let's start with the peach scene. 
Start with the Where are you going? Um, as, as a preamble the conversation, as a like preamble to the peach scene, has oh. apricot juice ever been so sensual? I know. The way oh. Albert downs his full glass, uh, and Elio just watches him. It is the same way that Oliver just smashes his soft-boiled egg as if his spoon were a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. right? He has this, like, uncontainable appetite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so voracious. <laughs> anyway, so, so apricots to peaches. The peach scene um, is so deeply erotic. Um, yeah, I guess it didn't work our, for me because you don't see his dick. So so there's a lot of discussion. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it now. Okay, there's okay. a lot of discussion about lack of explicit sex. But... That is not necessary in a film such as this. Um, I think the film is incredibly erotic. I do too. It is incredibly erotic. And I think it's... You see, pardon me, but you see cum drip down a peach. I'm sorry. It's (laughs) not like this is a... cum on Army's chest. And he wipes it off with a shirt. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, but this movie is not a PG sanitized version of gayness. Or or just of, of erotica and human sexuality. It's just... It's not... Porn, like that's just the yeah, bottom it's, line. That, it's that's not what I wanted to say. That's, yeah, that's what I wanted to say too. If if you had a problem with this movie's lack of of explicit sex scenes, I'm happy to recommend some porn websites you can check out. <laughs> this movie is not pornography. I'm so no. sorry. And that's no. all. Like it is not trying to be Fifty Shades of Grey. It's trying to be the English Patient. Right. It is this. It is erotic, but it is a classy yeah. love story. And there's nudity, and there is a lot of, like, implied, like, objective correlatives of sex. Yeah. There is a lot of... It is sexy. Can I just, like... Even when he puts his finger on the part of the peach that mm-hmm. he's fingering a butthole, guys. Exactly. Yes, that's what he's doing. And, and then the he... sound... Which is Ooh, and then he breaks the and, and the yeah. sound of him thrusting his thumbs into the peach. Guys, he fucks it's, a piece of fruit. This movie is incredibly sexy. <laughs> There's a lot of fruit fucking in this movie. I got a... A little bit of a boner during it. It is a sexy movie. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy you said that because I will never be embarrassed by anything I ever said on this podcast. <laughs> oh and by the way, you shouldn't be embarrassed, but now I will never feel like I'm the one saying the things that shouldn't be said. A couple right, of things. That's a it for me, things. everyone. I'm out of here. Brandon's pulling a Costanza. A couple of things. First of all, on the idea of the classical handling of the sexual material in this film, Ben brings up the English patient. I want to talk about the pan, which I, I can confidently say is not a tracking shot. The pan from the bed, yeah, where Elio and Oliver are having their midnight, um, what's the word? Uh, Tris- consummation, Tris- oh, I will sure. say. Yeah. And then we pan over to the window. And this feels so classical Hollywood to me in the way that we pan to fans yeah. when people are having sex. And I was listening to uh, the close-up podcast, and Luca explicitly talked about that, and I felt very validated by my interpretation. Yeah. But I also just want to bring that up, not to say I was right, but because he is clearly... There is no shying away from the sex in an embarrassed sort of way, in a sanitized sort of way, like that I'm making this movie for straight people to feel comfortable about gay sex kind of way. Mm -hmm. It is within a cinematic tradition that has existed for almost 100 years. Yeah. Morons! <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think that there's a, one more thing, Ben. Yeah. Goes back to, like, just watch porn if you want to yeah. watch porn. Uh-huh. And, and first of all... Was no one else turned on by the peach? I No, I was. Thank I, you. Brandon, I was. 
All right. I was. Why am I so embarrassing? All right, anyway. <laughs> I hope that I didn't shame you. I'm I gonna... feel very shamed. No, I actually Call feel... me by my shame. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've opened up... Uh, you have given me permission to speak even more frankly on this Good. podcast. Good. Continue frankly. then. Continue. Okay. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay. It is explicit sex and a romantic film. These things are not mutually exclusive. Right. Mm-hmm. This movie is about desire, not so much it's what it's leading up to, but the obsessive process of it. Yeah. In the way that these two people come together. Yep, and once they're together... You don't need to see them come together to know that they came together. Right. Uh, but you see come. When you, yeah, you do. When you value your own voyeurism over the beautifully drawn, intangible bond between these characters, that is when I don't really give a shit what you think about this movie. Yeah. yeah. If, the, if, 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 if the connection between these two characters is not written for you unless you see Dick entering human... I'm sorry. This movie is not for you. Yeah. I was Which is a say, shame because this movie is for everybody. A also, movie about <laughs> desire is about what you don't have yet. Very well said. And you can't, Very well said. I There's nothing I want less in this movie than to see Army Hammer pounding away <laughs> on <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> there's nothing that would make this movie worse. Yeah. The fact that you don't see it sustains yes, you the butterflies of it. You, know? you cannot fantasize about something that you've seen. Yeah. It would be so ugly. I'll tell yeah. you guys. And even, I even them Brandon. kissing. Sorry, just really quick. Even Brandon. them kissing is such a release. Yeah. Yes. Even them. Even even the way Inter- he jumps up on him. Oh, God. And climbs him like a fucking tree. Oh, God. That is such a The release. way that Tim... Anyway, actually, please. I'm just now uh, connecting this in my head. Uh, I love the way that he climbs him like a tree. Mm-hmm. I love the way that he seems to gasp, per, gasp for life when he's around him. That is an explicit callback to the fish. fish. Mm-hmm. I love in their consummation, the first thing Timothy does is literally he just leans I know. onto Army's body. As if to just, say... Yes, it just, is just like just he even even them able to just lean, mm-hmm. yeah, lean on them, lean on the other person is 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 enough of a release. Just yeah. being alone in a room with this person mm-hmm. is enough of a release. When he puts his foot on Oliver's foot, mm-hmm. and then Oliver puts it back on top, mm-hmm. yeah, that matters so much more than, as Ben so elegantly put it. Army Hammer, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. We can all envision that in our the own time. The sex is theirs. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We don't, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't, I don't want, want it. it. I don't need it. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. All right, so. Look, guys, after a long day of <laughs> transcribing music, sweating, swimming in the river, I don't want to see that. <laughs> this movie has a lot of similarities to Carol. In, am I wrong? No. In 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 encoded, mm-hmm. yes, homosexual language, longing mating, mating rituals, <laughs> <laughs> the mating rituals of the period piece homosexuals. Yes. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I no, I agree. I mean, I think that um, I know that I said in our Todd Haynes episode that Carol is one of the movies that, for me, most conjures up the feeling of falling in love. 
this movie's right there with it. Um, this is a lot of lust. Lust and love. It's Yeah, I agree. And it's a complicated relationship between the two of them, by the way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like they finally are able to say, I love you. Right. And then it's fine. This is a complicated relationship they are on not, both of their parts. That's a, that's like the main difference from Carol. They're not together at the end. Exactly. Right. They do not right. reconcile what and, they've and gone And frankly, through. I don't right. know if they could be right now. Right. The fact that they have the connection speaks to the fact that they could have it later. Right. Elio needs to grow up a little bit. Um, Oliver needs to... To divorce his wife? Divor- oh, I was going to say own himself <laughs> no. a little bit more. Um, he, will, he will have to divorce his wife if that's going to happen. Though. Right. Um, I also... Well, it made me think about Desert Hearts um, oh, with the train. It, Desert Hearts uses the train. Um, mm. Not quite the same way. But um, I was also thinking, obviously, about Brokeback Mountain because... Because the sex is realistic. <laughs> no. <laughs> the idea of shirts holding the ghosts of the oh. woman you love. Oh, yeah. when he asks to keep the to shirt. To keep the shirt. Right. And then he, oh God. And it's right after Army or after Oliver has wiped his chest with yes, the shirt. Yes, it is. Yeah. He's like, give me that shirt. When Elio, oh my God, you guys. When Elio finds the shirt on the bedpost that says uh, to, to Oliver, Oliver from Elio, and then we cut to him just gallivanting <laughs> in front of the house with the shirt with on, the without shirt it all buttoned on. up. And then Marzia is like, am I your girl? And he's like, uh, nope. Look at my shirt. <laughs> this is why I totally buy the scene with Marzia and Elio at the end of the film. When she goes up to him, this is only like a couple days after. Because I think he she to, gets it. At she that knows. Point. Yeah. She knows. I think they all know. I think yeah. everyone was talking about how close they were, mm-hmm. and then she sees him in Oliver's shirt um, when she bikes over to the house to ask if she's his girl, yeah. and then she sees him in the shirt when yeah. he's weeping, when she knows that Oliver just left. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they decide it totally to be works. Best friends forever. Yeah, it's great. Just like Danny and Christine, mm-hmm. it works great. Mm-hmm. I love that you called her Christine. Well, she is Christine by the end of the movie. Know, but but just quickly, <laughs> quickly, I was thinking in the movie, why is it that all gay male romances have to have something about a shirt? And then I remembered, oh yeah, straight couples don't get to wear each other's clothes in the same way that gay couples it's get true. to. It's true. It's a fun little privilege we have. I know, and we don't have much, well, as gay white, as white gays, we do have privilege. But uh, this is a unique privilege given yeah, to, gay, to people. gay people. Yeah. Um, since you saw it today, can you fact check the line that I love? You got it right. It was, I just wanted to be with you. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to repeat for the listeners my <clears> favorite <throat> line in the movie. Uh, Elio goes to find Oliver in the market or whatever, and Oliver is basically like, what are you doing here? And Elio says, quite simply and definitively, I just wanted to be with you. Killed me. Mm-hmm. It crushed me. It's a crusher. It's a crusher. All of the dialogue is just like these crisp. It's James Ivory. Yep, your heart is a coke year can. old crush. At ninety years old, James Ivory has no time for other words that he doesn't need. Yep, he just gets to it. It's amazing. Yeah. I hope he wins an Oscar. He's gonna win finally. He's winning after uh, fifty years of never winning an Oscar. He's winning. He has to win. What else is in adapted? Nothing. Nothing. Original NBR? is the tough category. What one NBR? The Disaster Artist. That's right. Which, Ooh. I'm hoping to like that film. Yeah, I think it looks yeah, funny. I'm prepared mm-hmm. to enjoy it. But I think they will... Everyone knows James Ivory wrote this movie, and everyone knows that he doesn't have an Oscar. And you that, guys, 
the speech that is going to be dedicated to Ishmael Merchant. Just get the hankies ready, guys. No. <laughs> get the tissues. It's going to be insane. Can we talk about a scene that I is my second favorite scene, apart from Elliot wandering around. Um, the scene where they're on the vacation together and uh, uh, they're like drunk and like running spinning around and having and just spinning in like oh, the shadows and in the night and then he hears the psychedelic first song the psychedelic first song and then it's the that whole reprise reprise um and just seeing army in that moment and you can feel it just brings you back to that initial mm. yeah. that initial realization yeah. uh, in elio's head of what he was feeling and just returns you to that which is why he vomits and Which we is see how far we've come from yeah. that moment. Yeah. It's just a nice return. A and nice callback. This goes back to what Ben was saying about this movie as a collection of memories. What they do in that hotel room together is so banal. Mm -hmm. They just open the window. They kind of roughhouse a little bit. And uh. then they flop onto the bed. And then we see them horsing around at midnight. Yeah. In the middle of the Italian cobblestone square right. or whatever. Like, these are the moments you remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You'd like, unless it was the most mind blowing sex of your life, the sex was just what it was all leading up to before yeah. you went to bed. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. It's the fun you were having, it's the conversations you were having, it's the things that you weren't saying to each other. Those are the things you remember. And that's why this movie is so beautifully composed of memories like this. I love of moments oh. like this. Wow, <laughs> beautiful! Kelly Clarkson got some Grammy nominations today. She so. did. I'm so happy uh, for her. And Kesha. Kesha. What did Kesha get nominated for? Uh, hello. Okay, shut up. <laughs> Where are we gonna put? Okay, shut up. Yeah, you fucked that up. <laughs> we'll find a place for it. Way to ruin everything. Okay. Everybody, pause. <laughs> okay. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I'll go right before this. Um, <laughs> she got nominated for Best Pop Vocal Performance for Praying. And, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Best Pop Vocal Album. Rainbow, out now on iTunes. Rainbow. If I wasn't so worried about splitting the eardrums of listeners and blowing up the mic, I would try to hit the note. <laughs> the whistle note? And you know who was not nominated for any Grammys? Taylor Swift. Fuck you, bitch. The album was not yet eligible, uh, but uh, oh, well, then the song was. Oh, okay. So she didn't Grammys to Taylor. We are never, ever, 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 ever getting back together. Until she returns to country. And then they'll be like, there, that's our girl. Yeah. Country, you know, sweet take girl. me home. You know that's what's next. Yeah. She's return she she's will return. Gonna, she's going to pull a Miley phone. Her she's next album will be called Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, period. And she's going to return to those roots. Mm -hmm. And it will just be her and a guitar. Oh, yeah. Back to basics. And Wait, guys, win. what if she calls it? Red grass. Oh no, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want it either. I'm just saying. Just okay, what's gonna back happen. to what I was going to say. Yes. Were we talking about something? We weren't. No. I was trying to <laughs> segue into this. Oh. Um, Elliot's masculine posturing when he's oh, in the when, he when he's like he in front of his father says that he almost sex, he almost owned Marzia last night, but. Why didn't you? I, I, I read that. <laughs> yeah. I read that as him trying to make Oliver he is, jealous. But it's both. I, I think it's like I think it's both. It's like proving that he's a sexual being, mm -hmm. and it's like all of these things. Whenever mm -hmm. Elio is in relation to a girl, or his heterosexuality or masculinity mm -hmm. are called into question, or uh, 
whether or not the tension of the scene is Elio's masculinity. Just a scene where a straight man, like an alpha male, would assert themselves. Yeah. He straightens up. He puffs out his chest. Like, the way that he talks to Marzia is so performative compared mm-hmm. to the way that he falls into Oliver's chest. Mm-hmm. I love That's, it. Mm-hmm. I love it because... Um, <laughs> We're just so... We just agree. Well, you, you compare, we just agree. You compare, like, when he's making out with Marzia... God, I hope we're getting the name right, by the way. Um, it's Marzia. When he's making out with Marzia in is that it? little hallway, and she's like, you're so hard. And he's being all handsy and everything. He's being decisive, not because he knows what to do, but because it's performative. And also, he is so jacked up on Oliver. He's got to right. have an outlet for all this. Right. But he doesn't know what to do when he's with Oliver. I mean, as he says in the courtyard scene, and that is what is so moving about Chalamet's performance and those moments in the last third with Oliver is that it's just end of sentence, new sentence. He's such a smart guy. You know, he's a musical talent. He knows a lot of things. Everybody treats him like a kid genius. And that he acts like one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just doing uh, Baca's Kid Rock Would Do It. You know, <laughs> whatever. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but compare that to the only, I mean, the times when he is first truly himself and first truly embraces the feelings that have been bubbling up this whole time towards Oliver. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, falls into him. And it's also, like, when he grabs his crotch, I find that so moving. He grabs his crotch so often. <laughs> happens all the time. Oh, oh, you but mean the him grabbing time. Oliver's crotch. Uh, the first time he, he grabs... He also grabs his own crotch. A lot. A lot which crotch. is fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, whatever. But I think it's important to think about when he grabs Oliver's crotch, it's the first time he's ever touched a dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also the first time he's ever kissed a guy. Mm-hmm. And he feels so mm-hmm. liberated in that moment and yet so confused yeah. that he just grabs a hole of it and, and, and in an unsexy way. Yeah. It's so weird. But it's almost like... To I put... bet that's a scene where his where Army's scrotum fell out. <laughs> I love that. They digitally removed his scrotum. I heard. Also, yeah. also, okay, there's a scene where... I was going to say something else, but it doesn't matter. Oh, sorry. I just no, got on the go. topic of balls and I'm running oh. with it. Please. Uh, <laughs> Ali, uh, Timothy is uh, lying down in the bed and he has his like legs basically like spread and he's wearing a bathing suit and I don't think there's bedding but there's a bedpost and it's like if that bedpost wasn't there you'd see his dick. <laughs> the important thing to know is there's no netting. I love that observation. That's all. <laughs> there is no netting. I no netting. No net, folks. I, I love nothing. He first like clocks the red bathing suit. This is before he puts it on his face. But then there's the oh. shot. There's like two shots of other bathing suits. Oliver has taken over his world. Oh, I love it. I wanted to talk about that consuming. too. It's a beautiful series of shots and it both uh, establishes like Oliver's American swag uh, mm-hmm. or like his swagger rather um, in the way that he just takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Just throwing the bathing suits bathing all over the bathroom. And, and it's like, it's a great thing where the bathing suit is hung on something as if to dry. Yeah. Like, oh no, this is responsible. I'm not mm-hmm. making a mess. It has to dry. Yeah. When in fact, you've just coated the room in your dirty underwear, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it tells us that about Oliver, but it also tells us how Ellie, or it, it visually articulates how Elio's world has been completely consumed by Oliver's presence. We should point out to, Let's talk to about, our listeners, they share the bathroom. Mm-hmm. How great is the way that this movie 
fills its spaces with emotions and gives you geography of the house. Mm-hmm. Talk more about that. Okay, I will. <laughs> In the same way that the stage version of August Osage County presents this three-storied house as just an incubator of rage, repression, shame, like biting mm-hmm. comments against other people. The house in this movie slowly balloons with lust, desire, affection, and a familiarity for one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that that translates into the bedrooms and the shared bathroom and then the kitchen and the patio. Like these spaces all become imbued with what the characters are feeling. Yeah. And at the same time, it's just a good bit of filmmaking. We could draw a map of the house right now. Yeah. We have a clear idea of how every room leads into one another. Right. And this is why in that great fucking scene, when at the end of the sequence, when Oliver is waiting, for, when Elio is waiting for Oliver to come home, mm-hmm. and he hears him enter the bathroom, and he pretends to be asleep on the bed, mm-hmm. and he's just waiting for Oliver to come in. Like, because we've established the geography of their spaces together, it hits hard, not just emotionally, but I think, again, imbues the space with yeah, that feeling as well. The fact that he just leaves. And then, all then the he calls him a traitor. Traitor. He's a traitor. Traitor. Um, we haven't even talked about the Sufjan songs. Do we want to talk about the Sufjan songs? Sure. Are the Sufjan songs going to get nominated? I've been telling a lot of people that the best song category is very weird and wonky, and I'm afraid it's, it's a they weird, could they not weird get nominated. Name weird. We'll see. By I am choosing to believe that he will be nominated because the song. For which one, Gideon? No. For no, mysteries, mysteries of Love. Because um, it's used twice in the movie. That's yeah. right. Different pieces of the music mm-hmm. too. Uh, and in the same way that those little musical reveries, those refrains are used to conjure up these established emotions, yeah. these songs are really the release. The, the Sufjan Stevens songs are the sex scenes in that people yeah. feel like aren't in the movie. Yeah. When, it, when the emotions go from subtext to explicitly, I mean, to text, right? right. Yeah. I think that it's great we're talking about Sufjan because this is two episodes in a row where... The songs I would listen to when I was sad in high school, walking around the, you know, the town. Are brought up. Are brought up. And the battle song. <laughs> oh, just his album Illinois from yeah. front to back. Yeah, so, that was very, very emotional. I mean, Sufjan, God, I instrumental hope, is the one I, I was just looking for. Hope Foundational. I just hope we get an Oscar telecast where we just where get Sufjan him, gets to sing, maybe wearing angel wings. Wearing wings. Yeah. Wearing wings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being as Gay as a straight I, man I just, ever is. Being his gay Christian self. Mm-hmm. I just really hope we get that. Yeah, it would be really amazing. It would be the best musical moment at the Oscars since Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy performed <laughs> just at the end of the rainbow in character as Mitch and Mickey that was fun. from A Mighty Wind, which neither of you have seen. No, but I remember the performance. I've seen A Mighty Wind. You just you haven't seen Waiting for Guffman. Correct. That is wild. I haven't seen Wayne for Kaufman either. It's usually the it's usually I've seen, actually I've I've usually seen, people see Best in Show. Well, I've seen Best in Show. Ones. I've seen all of them except Waiting for Guffman. Catherine O'Hara should have been nominated. I think I have only seen Best in Show. You didn't watch Mascots? No. I no. am a Died in the Wool Chris Guest fan. I would li- I would watch I watched one summer when I was taking Summer Gym. I watched each of his movies twenty times. I would run the mile, get in bed afterwards, and just watch Christopher Guest movies Monday through Friday. Nice. I'm a big fan, and he means a lot to me. 
Mascots is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> it in my is life. astonishingly bad. It is. It is so tone deaf and misses the mark completely in its satire. The gluten free network. Excuse me. <laughs> the best thing about his movies is that they have a real bearing on reality. These are real people in yeah. a real subculture that they take very seriously. That it's life or death. Community theater, dog shows, think, the folk music. I think world. Netflix just called him up and he was like, "Yeah, I'll fart some out for you." That's a real bummer. It anyway, is a bummer. Enough, anyway. enough. Back to uh, back to the so masterpiece. Oh, or oh, I was gonna, oh. I was gonna just go back. Broadly, back to the I had another short observation that I wanted to bring up, but I lost it. But oh. it will come back to me. I'm sure. I hope it does. Yeah. What other scenes? What other iconic like, well, scenes are we missing? There's the scene that I love so much with them, uh, like sitting against a tree in the middle of the night, or like on some ledge. Oh, this yeah. is after they've had sex, after mm-hmm. they've admitted their love to one another, after they're hanging out, after they're officially chilling together. And there's the whole thing where Elio's like, we wasted so many days. That line yeah. killed me. That line killed me. But the question of whether or not they actually wasted the days is an important one, I think. Because the process of them getting to one another means so much more than if they had just jumped into bed together one yeah. weekend. Well, I think, I, I think it's just, had they acknowledged their feelings even, right. even, even three days earlier. But they spoke. They didn't die. They, they did, and yeah. but I think even in, you know, because their time is so precious. Because right. shortly after he says that, he says, I don't want you to leave. Yeah. And, and, uh, and and so it's it's him, I wish we hadn't wasted any At the end days. of the peach scene. Huh? He says that at the end of the peach scene. When Oliver joins him, he says that he doesn't want him to leave. And then, oh, it, and, and then it fades into that shot. You've seen know. it sooner than I have, so you're, you're right. I think I'm right. I was very wrong about a couple things on the last episode. But so. I just remember... Those those moments being at least close together. And they are. They fade. They literally fade. And I think they fade. <laughs> they definitely cut. Like if you're in, there are a lot of fades in this movie. So many fades. Great fades. Yeah, reminded me. In... So I saw Hiroshima Monomore for the first time last night, and oh, the fades oh, reminded okay. me a lot of that. <laughs> yes, Ben. No, keep talking, but I remember. Sorry. No, no, no. I just just the fades. Just the fades. Um. Yes. Because it's a thirty-five millimeter lens in every shot. Uh, the close-ups are so uh, it's a wider so there's more depth to them than a normal close-up would have and it reminds me of there's one specific shot in A Woman Under the Influence where we get a close-up of Jenna and it's the only like all the other close-ups that he changed the lens but he didn't for just this one and it just like I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's surreal. That's what it's surreal, and it like does not feel like the real world. And it's just like every time it happens in Call Me by Your Name, and it also reminds me of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf because I feel like that's on this uh, the wider lens and adds more depth to those close-ups. You haven't seen it. You haven't. I seen wasn't going to say anything. It's been revealed. Hasn't seen it. It's been revealed in a previous episode. Um, Call Me by My Shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I it, will call you by your blame. <laughs> and it just pulls together the fact that, like, this is just this one moment in time. Mm-hmm. This is not real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's something in Virginia mm-hmm. Woolf where it's so monstrous, mm-hmm. but in this it becomes so magnificent yes. and moving. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm going to run home and uh, watch it right after this. Great. Just go now. 
right, bye. Everyone. Honestly, the movie's really long, and we'll still be talking about this movie by the time you get back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're talking about wasted days. So let's talk about time in this movie. Let's talk about how there's oh, only me. six weeks of summer, and you can at once feel the clock ticking down. And at the same time, just feel the endless, like, lazy, yeah. sprawling expanse of that time. Yeah. You know? It's so They're just hanging out yeah, in this need... big, sweaty hammock of six weeks. But at the same time, once they get together, the talk, the, the talk is clicking, y'all. The clock is ticking <laughs> yeah. that, before Oliver's exit. So we're talking about the watch, the, the watch scene. This is sequence. my favorite. Uh, yeah. Probably, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm, all of it's my favorite. But well, yes, let's Brandon, let's yes. start. Let's start. Why don't you take us away with the the notebook? Oh no, that's separate. That is separate. Here's an idea. But it's a here's an idea. Thing. You take us away. Which part? The notebook? No, the Elio's watch. Okay, so Elio leaves Oliver a note like. What does he say? Can't stand like, the silence. Can't stand the silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something super teenager dramatic, right? But before that, it's like, he is the. Actually, okay, I wanted to say this. This is the second movie this year where the rough drafts of a note to another character make me weep. Yeah. After Ladybird. Yeah. And the first draft is too dramatic. And but even this one is still too dramatic. So what does Oliver say? Grow up. Grow up. Yeah. See, See you at midnight. midnight. Yeah. And for the rest of... the watch becomes... When he's having sex with Marzia, there's the watch. Okay, prop up the watch. When he's playing the piano for the ridiculous gaze, prop up the watch. When yes. he's at lunch with Oliver, and he gets up to leave, and Oliver Over grabs seven. him by the hand and says, You got the time? It's two o'clock. <laughs> anyway, that whole sequence is masterful. It is uh, the, 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 it, it is more <laughs> that ticking clock that is ticking more clock. suspenseful than yes. the ninety minutes of ticking clock of Dunkirk. And Correct. the soft boiled eggs in this movie make more of a romantic impact than the hard boiled eggs in the shape of water. Just gonna put it on the record. I didn't see the same. Okay, the, the watch is okay, as much of a weapon as the cell phones are a weapon in The Departed, which is one of my favorite, like <laughs> turning something into a weapon using just cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Nice. It, it, you know, it all goes back to the monkey throwing the bone, turning into it a is. spaceship. It's two thousand one. It With a cut, we have moved forward thousands of years mm-hmm. in technology, folks. Talk about the Notebook. Or who wanted to talk about it? Who wants to talk about the notebook? I want to talk about the The film. Damn it, Ben. I was was about to do a bit. Uh, Hey, you lost the bit. But the thing about the notebook is that Jenna Rollins just imbues such (laughs) deep sense of loss. Anyway. Remember when I called her Jenna? (laughs) It is Jenna. Oh, no. I know, but not Jenna Rollins, as if I know her. (laughs) You do know her. Jenna. In your heart. I know her intimately in my heart. In your heart. Yes. Um, damn it, Ben. Sorry. I re- doesn't matter. Back to what... Back I've to been w- interrupting since I was a baby. That's what I do. Me too, honey. Um, The Notebook. Starring... Let's talk about... Starring Rachel Ryan Gosling. Rachel McAdams. Directed by the untalented son of the very talented John Cassavetes. <laughs> Moving on. There is a shot of Elio's notebook where he's just doing little freeform scribbles with words that we only see for like a second. And it's right after 
Elio and Oliver go on the expedition together, right? Mm-hmm. After they dredge up the, uh, you know, the antiquity handshake arm from mm-hmm. the sea. Mm-hmm. And they have a great time together. And by the way, the sequence ends with them yelling each other's names, like, at dusk. I love it's great. that. It's great. Right? Now that we're talking about it, I don't think this is what precedes it. It's yeah. not. But how great is that? <laughs> but how great is but that? But that's a great moment to yeah. bring up. It, it, it precedes the piano moment. It precedes the piano moment. It absolutely does. When Oliver expresses an admiration and an affection for the way that Elio plays music, and then Elio fucks with him yeah. by playing the so Bach song. It's so funny. With three different variations. Yeah. And his expression for each variation. I'm just playing it how Rihanna would play Bach. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, we get a shot of Elio's private notebook on his bed, and he he's just like writing about Oliver and saying, like, I thought he hated me, or like I was too mean to him. But it's like it almost um I don't know how to describe like the actual visual. They're like doodles. They're doodles. They're not And, and you not see like, his name like mm-hmm. scribbled all over the pages. Flip flip through. And, and that's it, like it's like a like second shot. And it's like both I love the restraint. This is a moment where I do want a sex scene. And by a sex scene, I mean, I want to know every page (laughs) in Notebook. Uh That sense of longing and that sense of life or death all around this other person in your space. Mm -hmm. Which the movie is so good at bringing life. And it's... Yeah. The way it could... Yeah. He's mad at Oliver when he doesn't show up to dinner. He loves Oliver when he compliments his uh, guitar playing. Like, Mm -hmm. that mercurial nature... Um, is so erratic and um, is and both erotic. and very erotic. <laughs> and it reminds me of a line in uh, Hiroshima Mon Amour, which I'm not going to know verbatim, but it's basically this idea that like a love is both so healthy and so destructive to your universe at the same time. Yeah, like you are de- you're destroying me and you're giving me a reason to live at the same time. Right. Yep. And that and this movie conveys that so well. Mm-hmm. Like you are so. I, th- I said this earlier, but like. You are so obsessed and so in love with this person that if they are gone for a six-hour period, you feel like your soul has been ripped What's the out point? of you. What's the point of living? What am I doing here? And yeah. you are just checking the time till they come back. And this is why it is... they are your world. It's why it's so devastating when Oliver leaves. Mm-hmm. Elio doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to make sense of anything. I love, I love in the little epilogue... His, his, his outfit? His look change. He has... <laughs> yeah. So he has an entire... He I did wonder, is this is. his winter look versus his summer look, or has he been... Or is it his matured look? Yeah, I think it's both. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's both. Um, but I, I do love um, the sense that he has come into himself, and he he learned a lot from Oliver, but he's not obsessing over him anymore, but he learned a lot. But then the phone call comes, yeah. and then he's and taken back. right back. Well, he's taken right back and destroyed Oliver again. I think it's because... Oliver again. Nice. I think that it's because he realizes that they can't be together now, but eventually one day they will reconnect and they will have this extended version of the summer that Mm -hmm. is their lives together. I think in the back of his head, that's what gets him through the days. And And that's destroyed. And then it's destroyed. Right. Which is why that final close-up, which is maybe maybe the best shot of the year. I I think it could be... One of the best. I, I, I'm among not sure. the best shots. It's one of the, the it's one of the best yeah. shots of the year. 
the final shot of the movie, which is Elio getting off the phone from Oliver. Oliver's getting married, y'all. Elio's pretty upset about it. He says, Elio, into the phone. Oliver says, Oliver. And then he... And Elio then he says, I remember everything. I remember everything. Is that the last line of the movie, or is it them saying each other's names? I think, it's I, I, think remember I remember everything. everything. I believe I remember everything. Well, the last line of the movie is Elio oh, right. from his mom. Right, anyway, right. this is all leading up to... Elio enters the dining room where Mafalda is, <laughs> that's the name, right? Yeah. <laughs> is setting up the dinner table. And Elio just stares into the fire and we are watching on his face, hurt, nostalgia, anger, <laughs> acceptance, love, memories, like everything. As he is staring at his old flame. Uh, nice. Do you know what that shot reminds me of? What? No. Michael Clayton. Can you take a guess? <laughs> that Good is call. great. Good That's call. I was going to say. But John. John Dillman. No, but. Oh, well. great. But, but good good bringing up John Of course. Dillman. Yeah, there wouldn't Every be an episode of movies I know without it. Let's get Shanta Lockerman on the horn. <laughs> the motion picture birth starring oh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Which shot? The opera shot. The opera. The long close Bitch. And 600 emotions flash across the face. Blood across the face. It's that. (laughs) That's what this shot. It's the same. It is. is. I mean, it's a different shot. It is not literally the same piece of film. (laughs) Yes, that is true. It is is similar. They are separated by 13 years in a continent. Mm -hmm. But it also, it is Michael Clayton ends the the movie. That is such a great call, Brandon. Michael Clayton, that shot, I think about that shot all the time. So when I saw that shot, I was Justice like, drive. <laughs> and, and, Ben and, and I are and high-fiving. That's the best acting Clooney's done. It is. He should have won. Um, well, that was Daniel Day-Lewis here, so it's yeah, hard to say. No that. Yeah, there's no beating that. There's no beating that. It was an unfortunate... Uh, 2007 is a great year. Yeah, it was, it, it was like year Michael Clayton, one for Michael George Clooney was like the Shake Shack milkshake, but... Generally, Lewis was the in and out milkshake. You know, like at the end of the day, you can't. Huh. Or I would flip those actually. Yeah, I think the I shake shack better shake is better than the in and out. I agree. Shake. I actually was gonna say the steak and shake shake, but that's such a regional reference that I'm not sure. Hey, I would, got it though. Brandon would get it. Hey, hey. Shake shack is um, too regional for me. There's literally one a mile from here. I know that wasn't there before. It's true. That's very new. I I know. <laughs> it's very new. Do we just? You know, we've been having such a good time talking about this film. Do we want to talk about the culture surrounding this movie? I'll be totally honest with you. I wanted to talk about it when we started. And I now have I don't. zero interest in I talking about it. I don't either. None. I, I, I know that culture exists, and it's doing a detriment to a lot of folks out there. Am, um, I, getting, am I getting texts from friends living in New York saying, call me by your name, looks amazing, but I don't even want to see it now? Yep. Because pe- because people on the internet are just killing it with their overhype and their attachment to it. Yes, I'm getting those texts, but I don't want to talk about it. Let's not All talk about I it. I do want to say, mm-hmm. if you are hesitant to watch this movie or you are starting to resent this movie, go see the movie. Just go see it. Just, just go see the movie. Just see and the keep movie. Keep an open mind. Ho- hopefully it is. Well, if you've gotten this far, it better be playing in your city. Right. <laughs> um, you know. Lock out the noise. Yeah. You will have such a 
you will have your own experience for this movie. Don't let anyone else ruin your experience. You will see it when you see it, and you will it, it will is come going, to you when it, you need it. And you know what? You you might not like it. You probably will. Yeah. <laughs> One way or another, there are going to be images and moments and emotions in this movie that make you feel and that are going to mean a lot to you and that are going to validate your own life experiences or give you something to wish for. Mm-hmm. I think that's all. There and is I to promise. Say and I promise that on opening day, there will be showtimes, even if you're worried, because it seems like everyone in the world has seen it. There can't possibly be a showtime at this point. There are showtimes. You can see the movie. Yeah. People are going to be... This movie is going to be in the zeitgeist well into February, March. Yeah. And so, I believe it's not going, like, full, full Until the new year. Until January. January yeah. 22nd, I believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is the fullest... Is the be. full nationwide. So, hope. I mean, there will hopefully be some people... Well, de- I know we definitely have a couple listeners who don't live in LA or New York, so they might not even listen to this episode. Hopefully, thank you for listening. I hope you're listening. But they won't even listen to it until January. Right. I hope that Trump is not the president when you are listening to this. <laughs> oh, that's <Wow>. fucking... <laughs> that's <laughs> not going to... That's not I just want to say, I just want to say, I'm speaking to you from the past. <laughs> I hope that everything's better. It's not Man, good it's, right now. It's not better. We're probably nuked. <laughs> Well, I'm just trying to put some help out there. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Superstar. Um, One last thing I want to say. Sure. Are we wrapping up? I yeah. So. It's been an hour and a half. I'll be real. I was kind of hoping this was going to be like a three-hour podcast. No, I'm sick. Ow. So we're done. <laughs> I don't say, know if I'm done. Okay. All right. Oh. If you're not done, then you can continue recording outside of my home. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, say what you need to say um, and then the, you'll wrap us up in the reverse shot review which was not written by Michael Koreski uh, I forget who did write it I apologize to whomever that is um, they bring up that 1983 is the year the risky business comes out and Elio is often wearing a t-shirt with Ray-Bans oh. that's probably speaking of zeitgeist interesting. Yeah. I will just say I admire the lust in this film. I admire the attraction. I admire the way that Luca Guadagnino is able to articulate desire through cinematic language. I appreciate these things. I also appreciate that the movie is about two really smart people who like give each other notes and like make each other smarter too. You get the idea of that. Like talking about the music, when Ellie offers all of her notes on the um, drivel that he wrote for his father. Mm-hmm. I just admire that there's a quality to this film that goes beyond the um, like the physical desire, but that there is an intellectual melding here as well. They connect, and they and connect. Michael Stolberg's the dad's monologue uh, touches on that. It, he sure does. Yeah, I thought he was smarter. Oliver was smarter. <laughs> <laughs> nice Timothy. I thought he was better than me. Oh. Yeah. And then he puts his head down. Oh, I thought he was better than me. Oh. And he's like splaying his legs because he doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. <sighs> Timothy. <sighs> I, I found... He is the actor of the year. Yeah, it was really... Between this and Ladybird. Oh, in Hostiles or Hostiles. Is he in that? Ew. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do I have to see it now? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's the movie that like... Is that I... movie ever coming out? I just want to make these jokes about Supposedly. it, but once it's in a theater, it's like Rosamund Pike, Christian Bale, Timothee Chalamet. But isn't it problematic? Oh, I don't. I haven't even read anything about it. That's why it's such a joke to me. Like it's this movie that 
everyone is saying is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop trying to make hostels this, happen. It's this theoretical movie that doesn't exist. It is the fetch of 2016, 2017 releases, uh, prestige releases. Uh, just that really hammered home the second time watching this. The reason why we feel the things we feel in this movie are because of Timothy Chalamet's performance. The entire movie is told through his perspective. I honestly root more for him than I root for the relationship, if I'm being honest. Um, like, I root for him to continue Just this journey of, of self-discovery. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the emotional maelstrom of this movie is completely through his perspective. Mm-hmm. And we never really see what it does to Oliver, but we know it's doing something. Because right. we see it in Army Hammer's performance, and we hear... There's this common refrain that, like, I think he likes you more than you like him. Because he's looking at all, or Elio as an adult, um, like as an intellectual stimulant. Anyway, I can't say enough good things about Timothée Chalamet. When Army and Michael Stolberg are looking at the slides, and Army Uh, is an Army who comments that their bodies are contorted in ways that do not seem impossible positions. Yeah, and that's what Timothée Chalamet does as he's lounging in every scene. (laughs) That's so true. His body is. I'm like, I didn't know bodies could. He's he's quite a flopper. Yeah, yeah, and I like that in that same scene when the dad's like just daring us to desire them, and he looks Mm, up. Click. That also got a laugh. Yeah, I got a Mm. laugh. Oh, fuck your son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Don't apologize. He does want to fuck the son. It's weird the way I said it. Anyway, take us away, Daniel. Gals, close and gender non-conforming individuals. We all want love especially first love to go on forever just like i want this episode to go on forever i'm not done there's still so much i have to say there's we're, so much life i want gonna, to live with you two guys a combined seven hour ladybird <laughs> call me by your name yeah. retrospect and then we will do episode. and then we will do i think was your idea ben we'll do um like a roger ebert citizen kane commentary yes. we Shot want these guy. things to go on forever but you know what folks they can't yeah. they can't go on forever Nature has a way of finding, you know, cunningly finding our weakest spots or whatever. We ran out of steam. And I'm trying to bring it back to We the are story. not yet 30. <laughs> we are not yet 30. And we are not going to run out of things I'm to give to whoever who's next. You just turned 29. Give mm-hmm. me a big fucking break. How old are you? Are you 28? You're How old 29? am I? Well, I'm, I'm 17. 28 years old. Yeah. You're like 10 months younger than me. Or How something. old are you? 17. Fuck off, bitch. <laughs> 26. Oh my god, you're a baby. This has been Movies IMO. Uh, this has been the Call Me By Your Name episode. I am just vamping. I don't want it to be over. I want to keep talking. But in lieu of additional conversation and additional tears and additional, <laughs> you know, heart-rending emotions, I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel Crook with three O's. I'm not currently on the platform, (laughs) but maybe one day I'll be back. For your mental health. I am currently spending my free time thinking about Call Me By Your Name. You're taking an Italian summer vacation right now. I am taking an Italian summer vacation right now. It's very noble. If you need me, I'll be transcribing music, stretching, and swimming in various holes. Mm. I mean, (laughs) various, various swimming holes, please, please. When he takes... Oliver to his swimming spot. It is frigid there. And he's like, but it's quite this hot. is my spot. And he's like, it's so cold. <laughs> but the tension's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. All right, is that it? That's it. Later. Next week, we're going to talk about Mudbound. Is that right? That is right. Talking right. about Mudbound. Just going to pitch that. Please like us on oh, uh, right. iTunes and rate and review us. And we are also available on Google Play and Stitcher. And we apply to Spotify, but they're very nefarious and we don't really know how that works. Yes. Um, so that's it. <laughs> I say once more, later. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.